Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. This is your host, Eric Renzel. We have a great conversation with Easton Morales and Carrie Suffren about planning for transportation resiliency lined up for you today. But before we do that, here is your May 2020 transportation planning practice update. The transportation planning practice leadership team met last Friday. During the call, six new project wins were noted. A transportation systems management and operations on-call contract was awarded by the Iowa Department of Transportation. This contract renewal will last for the next three years and help us maintain our position as thought leaders with the department. Todd Zemkowski is the client manager for the Iowa DOT and will be the project manager for this contract. The New Jersey Institute of Technology awarded us a task order to provide ongoing support to the New Jersey Department of Transportation for Connected and Automated Vehicles. Jim Dijak is the client manager for NJDOT and Lori Metkowski is the project manager for this contract. NJDOT also awarded Gannett Fleming a task order to provide staff augmentation related to bridge asset management. The Florida Department of Transportation District 6 in Miami awarded us two task orders as part of our Complete Streets on-call contract. Alina Fernandez is the FDOT District 6 client manager and Carlos Sejas is the project manager for these tasks. The Miami-Dade Transportation Planning Organization awarded emergency work orders to Gannett Fleming for support related to the COVID-19 pandemic response. Mary Ross is the client manager for the Miami-Dade TPO and Ivan Jimenez is the project manager. The group also noted 12 new pursuits that include an on-call contract with the Franklin County, Pennsylvania Metropolitan Planning Organization, the renewal of a PennDOT Environmental Planning and Design Service on-call contract, a Metrolinx Environmental Assessment Services on-call contract, an on-call contract with the San Diego Association of Governments for Planning Services, a NEPA study for LA Metro, an on-call contract with the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority for Management Consulting Services, an on-call with the Vermont Transportation Agency for an Asset Management on-call, an evaluation contract for the Newark Bay Bridge in New Jersey, an on-call planning contract with the New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority, a widening study for interchanges on the New Jersey Turnpike Authority, working with the Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania Municipal Water Authority to pursue a planning grant related to dirt and gravel roads, and finally, a general planning contract with Broward County, Florida. Also, there were a few staff shout-outs noted during our call. Thanks from Keith Chase went to Amy Firestein from Camp Hill for her great work as she has been doing to keep projects on track and holding people accountable always and definitely during our work-from-home schedule. Nelson Mora recognized Ivan Jimenez for his great work and that him and his team are doing in responding to the Miami-Dade TPO in conjunction with the COVID-19 emergency work orders. Robert Matthews, our special guest for the meeting, also recognized Dan Renke for his advancing capabilities related to conceptual design using the MicroStation software platform. Ryan Rice gave a shout out to Nelson Mora, Jessica Pena, and all the staff supporting the Maryland DOT Connected Vehicle Readiness Project. During the PLT meeting, Bill Plumpton and Robert Matthews facilitated a collaboration session regarding better alignment between transportation planning, NEPA planning, and preliminary engineering. We all recognize that great alignment between these three areas will be very beneficial to strengthen our firm, and we will have more information available as this topic progresses. And now, on to our show.
Today, we welcome Gannett Fleming's Easter Morales and Carrie Suffren to our show. I want to thank them both for being here, and we're looking forward to a good conversation today about planning resilient transportation systems. Hi, Easter and Carrie, and thanks for being here. Let's start by having you each tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves. Hi, everyone. This is Issa Morales here. I'm excited to be part of this podcast. Thank you for having us, Eric. I graduated from George Mason University with a bachelor's in civil engineering, um, and I also did a master's at George Mason University in transportation policy, operations, and logistics. I've been with Gannett for almost three years. It will be three years this summer. And I sit at the Fairfax office as part of the management consulting group. Hi, Eric. Um, Thanks so much for having us on the podcast. This is Carrie. I um, graduated from NC State University with degrees in meteorology and marine and a master's of geospatial information science and technology. I've been with Gannett for one and a half years. Previously was with the National Weather Service in Alaska and then um, Baltimore uh, and the Washington DC metro areas. I sit in the Raleigh office right now and I'm part of the environmental acoustics group led by Ahmed Elisar. All right, that's great information, and it's really nice to get a chance to know the both of you. Can you both talk about where your passion for resiliency comes from? And Carrie, let's start with you on this one. Sure. Um, thanks, Eric. I My passion, I believe, it started when I was quite young, and it centers around weather events. I'm a huge weather nerd, hence the um, meteorology focus. Um, There were two really big weather events that happened in Raleigh and had a huge impact on Raleigh. I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, One was an EF4 tornado that happened in 1988. It was a weird time of year. It happened in November. Um, Most of our severe weather usually happens in the spring, and then we have another little um, peak in the fall. So That happened when I was five years old, and my memories, of course, when I was five are a little fuzzy, but I remember clearly the next morning waking up and seeing all this damage on the news, Um, and our church that we went to at the time, the entire library had gotten destroyed, and I remember my mom going over and helping sort through books. So that was one event. The second event was Hurricane Fran, that actually the eye of the hurricane And it was still quite a visible eye went over Raleigh, which is unusual. Usually they don't make it that far inland. And these two events, I think, triggered a fascination with weather and in turn preparedness and resiliency. For Hurricane Fran, I remember the excitement the night of the hurricane and how my whole family ended up sleeping in one room as we heard all the trees falling outside. I just remember the feeling of being so safe all together and we were safe inside the house. And then the next morning, another really strong memory is walking outside and seeing the entire neighborhood out and about, seeing if anyone needed help. So it's kind of led to me strongly believing that preparedness and resiliency are community-centric efforts. And that in turn led to pursuing a career in meteorology, which eventually led to Gannett Fleming. And I'm super excited that Gannett Fleming is very focused on this idea of resiliency. Oh, that's really great. That's a really cool story. Easter, how about you? How, what's your story of where you got your passion for resiliency from? Well, that's a hard follow after Carrie. I have to admit, um, I it hasn't always been a passion of mine. 
um, obviously we're always intrigued and um, amazed at these extreme weather events that we've all been seeing in the news lately. My passion for resiliency recently comes after being exposed to the topic through recent projects at Gannett. After doing some research, working with the clients to find and think of um, ways to develop tools and incorporate extreme weather resilience into, into their current planning processes, it was, I realized not only the abundance of information available, but the, the heightened need for resilient systems and, and re for resilience, the resilience topic to be part of it, and the great opportunity to learn from this and be able to apply my background knowledge of design and construction of infrastructure into that. I really wanted to continue being part of that and having Gannett be part of that conversation. That's also very interesting, and it's great to see that you've been able to come here to Gannett and find a new passion and have the ability to pursue that passion. That's fantastic. Easter, tell me a little bit about um, some of the, the basics or the major themes of resiliency that people need to think about when, when they think about the topic. And then Carrie, why don't you add on? So the core principles when you think of resilience include preparing to prevent, to protect, to respond, and to recover. So those are the major themes of resiliency that um, you have to consider when talking about it. Now, I think it's important to, to emphasize that resilience doesn't just mean the hardening of infrastructure. A lot of people think, well, we have to change our design standards. Um, we have to harden our infrastructure to be able to withstand some of these extreme weather and climate events. But in other ways, we can be resilient through addressing operations and maintenance or addressing it in, in ways that are lower cost and provide high value as well. So it involves considering it throughout not only design and construction, but throughout the whole life cycle of a project delivery process, I would say. Um, incorporating risk into the picture and knowing what your risk tolerance is for some of these identified risks. Easter, that's that's awesome. And I definitely um, think focusing on the preparedness and in turn the community is super important. I, I agree with that. And then um, I do want to say when when we're looking at what parts of a community are at risk, it's um, I think it's very important to listen to the citizens that are living in a particular area to see what they're noticing, what they find are or what they think is the most important. Really focusing on that preparedness and focusing on it from a people standpoint, I believe is very important. Hello everyone, Jen Hale here with The Crick. The 2020 President's Innovation Award winner has been announced. Congratulations to Eric Dews and his fellow team members, Cole Marburger, Vince Cheney, Ali Hashimi, and Ruby Ng. Their submission, Automated Design of Steel Deck Railroad Structure outlines a new way to design steel deck railroad structures. The tool can produce sealed calculations for timber deck, concrete deck, and steel ballast deck structures in approximately 30 minutes. This process helped the firm win three large railroad bridge jobs in Ohio and has the potential to be replicated nationally. Great job, everyone. Visit the President's Innovation Award tab on the 4th Industrial Revolution page in SharePoint to read more about the winners and all the runner-up submissions. 
Hi, this is Brittany LaBelle, and this Technology Minute is brought to you by GeoDecisions. Are you working with a local government in need of a technological solution to better serve their community? GeoDecisions is committed to improving communities by providing local governments with the best technology-based solutions. We recognize that providing the best solutions means partnering with industry leaders like Esri and CityWorks. Through our partnerships, we can offer existing solutions like GeoPlan, Notify, and Track. GeoDecisions has implemented many utilities asset management solutions for localities so that they can provide reliable services to their community. In addition to providing solutions, we also maintain data and can even help your client get ready for NextGen 911. To learn more about what GeoDecisions can offer local governments, head to geodecisions.com slash local hyphen government. So the three of us have been kind of talking a lot about transportation resiliency and transportation planning for the last uh, few weeks here. I guess, again, Easter, we'll start with you on this one, but in your mind, how does resiliency and transportation planning fit together? I think this is a great follow-up to what I was mentioning before. I think resilience should always be considered early on at the planning level and not just as an afterthought once an event occurs. So in this way, resilience should be part of transportation planning efforts um, and it should be always a key factor to consider not only at, at that phase but throughout the different life cycle of a project delivery process as I mentioned. Um, I think it's a great fit to put it at the forefront in the planning um, phase and be able to have it as a factor throughout the later phases of a project. I, I agree. It's um, very important during, um, before a project to consider um, the, the planning aspects. Um, one thing that, I, that I've, been, I've thought about is supply chains. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of the current situation or anything. And this is probably more of a supply and demand issue, but we've all heard about shortages of toilet paper. For supply chains, um, during hurricane season, a lot of times some of the communities in eastern North Carolina are completely cut off from any sort of transportation network and become islands. So if Gannett Fleming can help in the planning stages on preparing these communities for those events, I think that would be very useful and would be a help to our customers. Those are both uh, interesting perspectives. And I guess just to dig a little deeper into that, you both recently worked together to kind of lead some collaboration uh, with the transportation planning practice leadership team on how we can better integrate resiliency into our services and really offer that as a differentiator of our our capabilities. What was your overall takeaway from that experience? So um, I think one of the big takeaways was that incorporating atmospheric science and climate change projections could help our customers plan more resilient communities and in turn infrastructure. There's a lot of data out there that I think Gannett Fleming has expertise to leverage. Uh, Another big takeaway was how much um, expertise Gannett Fleming has in so many different aspects of not only civil engineering, but planning, sciences, um, communication, education, all sorts of different 
awesome expertise at the company. I agree, Carrie. I think my main takeaway was that the we have so much to offer. Every time this conversation comes up, we find out about more expertise within the company, um, more skills that we have and ways to better serve our clients. Uh, we've heard about resilience, being part of projects within the water um, industry, within uh, projects we've done in geotechnical services, within projects we've done in, with our group in the management consulting line. So I think most groups within Gannett have touched upon resilience projects or have done it before and it just hasn't been branded as such. That's a really good point, Easter. In going through the collaboration and preparing to lead the PLT in those discussions, was there anything about our company that you were surprised to learn about or you didn't know about before? Carrie, we'll come back to you first on this one, then uh, Easter will come to you. Yeah, um, not so much a surprise, but um, something that is just very encouraging and really embodies one of the fundamental components of Change is Good 2.0 is this knowledge sharing emphasis and uh, the removal of um, silos, which Bob Scare has mentioned. Um, and it's really, really neat to see the Gannett Fleming leadership and managers invested in this collaboration between groups um, and seeing this continue with things like this podcast and the PLT groups. So um, not so much a surprise, just very encouraging. I'm also going to piggyback on Carrie on this one. <laughs> As I've mentioned, I joined Gannett close to three years ago. And two of the projects that I was involved in early on, one with uh, Arizona DOT and the other one with New Jersey DOT, both addressing ways to integrate extreme weather and resilience into their asset management plans um, and planning efforts. By working on those projects, I got the chance to do a fusion session. And after that, the conversation just sparked with so many people within the company. Um, so it's been really encouraging to be able to work in something that was very interesting and know that we can continue pushing that forward and, and opening the opportunities to continue to learn and better serve our clients that way. That's a good segue to my next question, Easter, is how, based on that then, how can we set ourselves apart from what other resiliency or transportation planning companies are offering? I think the key is always being able to provide integrated services, being able to be that one-stop shop um, for what they need. We have great knowledge and expertise within the company. At the same time, it would be tough to compete against, let's say, um, ICF, against strictly uh, extreme weather and resilience type of work. But when you look at the overall picture um, and other areas that we're serving our, cl our clients, including and having resilience as a differentiator, like you mentioned, adds a lot of value to what we do and what we offer them. The company now has a disaster preparedness, response recovery, and resilience committee as well, in which I'm sure a lot of these questions will be discussed. And the, the committee is also looking to put together a marketing communication plan, not only to communicate this internally, but externally to our clients. So I think um, all of those things set, really set us apart. Easter, I love what you said, one-stop shop. Uh, that That's just, that's such a neat um, neat term, I think. And I I get the sense or from what I've seen, Gannett Fleming is working 
on putting together kind of a cohesive plan um, to help these communities that are particularly vulnerable uh, to climate change. I really like that idea, just um, combining all of these services into one package or one sort of service. Yeah, I think what you both are saying is something that, you know, echoes with so many of us, which is together, you know, we're very good uh, on our own, but together uh, we become really something that people aren't used to experiencing. And it's an easy way for us to differentiate ourselves. So having gone through the collaboration uh, and kind of embracing and, and uh, you know, working with the transportation planning leadership team, what do you see are the next steps for integrating this idea of resiliency into our transportation planning offering? What I think we really need to do is leverage all that data that's out there. Uh, what something that has been thrown around a lot that uh, we've we've all heard a lot about is the Internet of Things or IoT. I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit out there where Gannett Fleming can create GIS applications, other things that could give our customers the ability to create more resilient communities. Um, I think the IoT plays into something called decision support services, which is a way that you can leverage all that data and provide decision makers, such as community managers, tools to identify upcoming severe weather events and if those severe weather events are going to impact at-risk areas of a community. I agree, Carrie. Those are great examples. Um, And to be a little bit more specific, when we worked with both Arizona and New Jersey DOT, we got the chance to develop um, dashboards that they could use as a decision-making tool. And both agencies were very impressed with that. We worked with geodecisions on that. I think we, we need to continue what we're doing now, communicating what has been done, finding out what else we can do and what we have to offer to integrate resilience as part of our business practices. Um, so starting at the transportation planning, but also talking to others to see where else and how else we can pitch this to our client. Um, and as I mentioned, it, it's important to have it during all phases in, in, of what we do as a company. I want to thank you both for coming on the show today. We'll end it here, but thanks again for joining me. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoy talking about this topic with both of you, and I think that we are in a great position to really use the thoughts around resiliency and the expertise that both of you and others have to differentiate ourselves in what we do. Thank you, Eric. This is a lot of fun. Eric, thank you for the opportunity. This has been fun. You bet. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our page on the internet for upcoming episodes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. That's all for now. Goodbye and good day.